Hello and welcome back to Cutting It With Harry, uh, a podcast where we talk to lots of different people from all sides of the fitness, diet, well-being and body positive world. Nothing is, of course, ever too taboo. Had a bit of feedback on my um, intro, my theme tune. Um, apparently too too big, too dramatic. So I've uh, I've done like an, a different version. think I've been watching too many like murder documentaries <laughs> doesn't quite suit the theme of the podcast uh anyway never mind here we go okay I'm here with Haley Sarah trained bikini athlete GBO bikini pro which we've just looked into and it is um I've forgotten hang on a minute <laughs> what is global bodybuilding organization Pro. Brilliant. Fourth place in Italy Universe Champs 2019 and PCA Top 5 British Champs. It's kind of bullet pointed what you're about, but talk me through the GBO Bikini Pro experience then. What does, what, what was that like? So I competed with um, NFM or it was, NFM was the kind of main organisation at, at that point um, and it's done a couple of competitions with them. Um, I won a competition with them and then that nice. gave me my um, pro status. Was this, the, the, this wasn't the first competition that you'd done though, you'd done? No, this was, so the first ever competition I'd done was with NFM. Right. Um, and I got second um, and then I'd gone back to them the year later when I'd taken a little bit of time to sort of build and things. You'd had experience, you knew what you needed to build then. Yeah. And got excited and wanted more. That's what I'm quite afraid of because I'm doing my first ever PCA competition. I'm like, right, I just do a bucket list. I just do one. But I've never it, happened. It, yeah. <laughs> no. So you've gone done one, and this and the rest is history. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the um, what was the next one after that? Then GBO. So Italy. You travelled to Italy. So that was so my pro um, was the year before Italy, so 2018. Right. So 2019, the plan was only ever to do my first pro competition, um, and so I taken a bit of time off and built up to that, and then I got the invite out to Italy, nice. which was obviously something I didn't want to turn down. You can't pass it up. No. So 2019 went from just sort of going and doing my pro comp to competing in every federation possible, I think. <laughs> um, and I spent the whole year prepping from the January to the December when I went to Italy in the, the November. What does that do to your body, though? Because a lot of people go competition, 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 and you're cut, because it's not something you should really be sustaining, should it? How did it make you feel... It was hard, yeah. really hard. And I got really poorly in the October before the British Championships. Um, and I ended up with shingles. Right. So I was really poorly. So I had to try and obviously recover then, ready to go to Italy. So your coach oh telling gosh. you, you can't train when you're obviously about to step up to something. That's the biggest thing you've done. Yeah. It was really hard mentally. There's a balance that you need to have. Perhaps you should have pulled out, but then you go, but these these opportunities don't come right. It's very difficult, yeah. very difficult. Fair play. But so to come fourth place, even though what you were going through, but um, I have some inside information as well that actually the category that you were in wasn't perhaps as suited to you as um, 
it should have been we we we, did you need to be moving into a different category yeah so just before I went to go out um they advised me maybe to move to figure or what their version of figure is right um and I didn't want to do that because I'd never really seen myself as a a figure athlete I don't really like the posing as such yeah 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 it's it's, it's subjective isn't it yeah you know so it was something I didn't want to do so I made the choice to to remain bikini right. but then I couldn't get a top three because I didn't fall in the criteria to what they thought should have been bikini right yeah. okay. okay so it was a little bit bittersweet really to but you know it was about the experience so yeah yeah, yeah. did you move up then did you did you attempt it yeah so afterwards then when I'd come off the the judges kind of said to me you know you would do really well with figure um you know we really like you to kind of take some time out and come back as that so I did so we went into the lockdown in the March um I bought some weights and I lifted the heaviest I probably ever have for the next sort of six seven months you gave it your all gave it everything um we're talking like you know sort of 130k in my mother's living room just trying to really um and I was so focused and committed but then I just started to not like the way I looked. So mm. although I was building what they wanted what? me to, I just didn't like what I seen in the mirror anymore. Yeah, yeah. Body dysmorphia. I think the the not body dysmorphia. It's just kind of what you think suits you and how you f- how how what makes you feel good. I can imagine a lot of girls go through that actually when they step up a level and then they see this because it is it's a massive transformation. It's yeah. huge. And it's not something that goes away quick either, especially if you want to continue training. Yeah. Um, so, so are you going back into bikini now? So at, as of this moment, I say I'm retired. Right, um, right. <laughs> Quote. There are many people who believe and many who disbelieve this. <laughs> For the minute, I'm just trying to build the body I want to live in. Nice. So I think for me, after realising that I I was looking at something I didn't like, it took a long time for me to then find what I did, you know, where I wanted to actually sit, Mm. um, where my relationship with food needed to be because... I was I was binging quite a lot after right. Italy. Um, it got really and especially with lockdown. I think sort of those feelings and things around that was hard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm surprised that you were able to build as much muscle as you did in lockdown. I really struggled because that gym environment makes a humongous difference. Yeah. Being surrounded by like minded people and having that motivation somewhere to just even go to yeah. to train. Difference, complete difference. I can mm. yeah, stuck in your own head. And right next to the kitchen is not easy, is it? No, it's not. No. And it's that sense of community, isn't it? Like those who enjoy training for the right reasons, I think, have a sense of community in the yeah. gym. There are people that we talk to. There are yeah. people who obviously inspire us and yeah. give us sort of tips along the way. Um, even like the people at the front desk, you'll go in and have that conversation. It will motivate you. Yeah, because they but see you're not you doing that. every day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas obviously when you're in your living room, like you say, it isn't like that. It's just you yeah it's just you and your phone comparing to other people on instagram and just like oh, i'm never gonna be like that i'm not yeah. gonna be like that that's it. it can really really affect you yeah covid was not fun no no definitely not and then like you say they like i think i was still comparing myself to what they wanted me to look like yeah on social media but I didn't think that I looked like that, but yet I didn't like what I was looking at. Yeah. So I was essentially still building to something that I was going to further not like. Yeah. So yeah. it was really confusing, I guess. Trying to live up to their expectations and just going, well, sometimes you don't trust your own brain either, do you? You go, well, 
after a while you start looking in the mirror and going like, am I seeing the right thing is this what everyone else is saying but so maybe if I just build like on paper you're supposed to to create this shape that I'm apparently supposed to be yeah yeah I can see what I can see the predicament there what do your family think of so my dad's tried to be supportive with it we're a really close family um and he's tried but i think he just is to him it's his daughter in a bikini on stage and i think he came the once yeah and he i think he was just awkward you know so he supports from afar um and asks the question all the time of would you like this when i'm like no i can't eat that yeah but it's manners and but then they feel like I know what you're saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, do you want some toast or some chocolate? Yeah, and that's not going to hurt, it's My, just one. Yeah, a, f- a banana, it's just fruit. No, it's not just fruit. I know, I know. And my mother's more hands-on, so my mum's pretty much followed me everywhere I've gone, including yeah. to, to Italy. She went to Italy, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 with her little sweatshirts with Hayley written on, oh cheering. Oh adorable. Yeah, so she's she's been, you know, my biggest supporter. That's really, that's really important. I'm glad that you've got that support around you, especially such a mental like a mental game what, what do you do for, for work as well because this isn't your full-time thing or you, you're not no. it's a balanced life and work so I'm a, a therapist full-time so I work within addiction so right. yeah that was hard as well like mentally trying to obviously support clients who are going through some really tough situations when you're really not feeling like yeah. doing anything supportive or Oh, no, it's going to be okay. In your own head, you're going to your own troubles. I bet that's yeah. hard anyway. Every therapist or... Yeah. I wouldn't... Having to go in there and be positive and be supportive every day, that's very difficult. Yeah. Oh, fair, fair enough. Bravo to you. Reverse dieting done right then. Um, it Having a coach for prep is good and, and ideal, but I feel that perhaps having a coach for reverse dieting is maybe more important. To have someone there keeping you in check, making sure you are slowly coming out of that cut. Because you don't have that date anymore yeah. to aim for. You don't have that motivation. How? So you said about, sort of, you touched on binging things. How did you fare with that? I think, I well, I'd like to say, if it wasn't for COVID, maybe it would have been easier. I think being, so I was living with my mum at the time. I was waiting for my house to be built. Um, and that was meant to have completed the day before we went into lockdown. Oh my gosh, that is so stressful. It was really stressful and, you know, we had a house full and so I think there were a lot of other elements there as well but the sort of starting to binge had happened just before I'd gone to Italy so as I said, I was poorly and we know when we're poorly we kind of get a little bit touchy with food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that had kind of started a little bit there anyway and then just obviously feeling quite isolated and a few other things just didn't help. Um, I don't think that that you know those those things combined then it just resulted in yeah some sort of pretty bad binging and, and just comforting myself yeah. with food yeah and it was quite difficult I think because obviously even though I specialise in addiction and when I say that I mean sort of drugs and alcohol addiction is addiction anyway it doesn't matter what the, the sort of substance is food is harder to um because you can't it's not like you cannot just stop cold turkey eating food yeah, yeah exactly so i was kind of trying to almost help myself how i would help if someone else presented with problems right but we both know we don't take the no. same advice no i give so, brilliant advice that i do not follow yeah yeah <laughs> 
yeah so that was and and i think with any bikini athlete they'll tell you that they try and hide it it's not something that you want to say like i'm binging i'm struggling no which is bad though because you know you can listen to podcasts about girls that are doing really well and on instagram you see the foods that they're preparing eating is all brilliant and looking beautiful but behind the scenes these girls are struggling the same as as you and i are I think the more discussions about that side of things will be beneficial. It won't be such a dark place for everyone that's just just cannot put the Ben and Jerry's back. Yeah, yeah. And I think like it needs to be looked into more in this sort of biology sense as well, because obviously from a hormonal point of view, like I had like no periods like throughout that year really. So that's a long time wow. to go without that. That obviously has a massive implication on my hormones. Yeah. And we both know if that's not balanced you know, the things that you're looking for in terms of foods is going to be distorted because of that as well. 100%, so... 100%. Reaching for the sugar just for any kind of... You're tired and you're, that's... You go for the bad things, don't you? The last thing yeah. you want to be doing is eating some fruit. Well, what about relationships, things like that? Because obviously that must have taken its toll on your moods. Um, wanting to, to be with anyone, wanting to... Apart from yourself, how, how did that fare? I think lots of us really struggle with relationships when we're uh, we're competing. Mm. Um, if anyone actually knows how to do that, please let me know. <laughs> but, What's the secret? <laughs> What's the secret? But I think it's a very selfish sport. I really do. You know, your focus has to be on you because you have an aim and that's what you're striving towards. If you haven't met someone who understands or maybe who's doing that, it's really difficult yeah. to kind of find that balance within, you know... So it was very, for me, it was very much just dating throughout, you know, bikini preps. I don't think relationships are, you know, very possible. possible. <laughs> yeah. But even dates are hard though, because what do you want to do? Do you want to go for a drink? I can't. Did you go for some food? I, I can't. Okay. Do you want to watch me eat? No. <laughs> yeah. Black coffee. Yeah. <laughs> black coffee sweetening. Yeah. 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 Every time. Or like, can we do an activity? They think you're weird then, though, don't they? they yeah. say, Should we go go-karting or rock climbing? <laughs> and the thing is, you don't really feel like that at the end either. No, you know? no. And then you have to go on that date and they're asking you questions about yourself and you're looking at them thinking, I don't want to be here. All like... I want to do is be prepping my food and going to bed, ready yeah. for tomorrow. Yeah. And then that kind of black marks that person because you take that negative experience or that negative feeling and go, oh, I wasn't feeling it with them. They could be wonderful. They could be the one. But because of that, the, the how crappy you're feeling in the moment, so yeah, yeah it's garbage. hard. But that, that's why I think it's selfish, isn't it? Because your body is just literally trying to get you, yeah. to, you know, one step closer to that goal. And, and we're not meant to sustain that, as you said. So you really are at the end just in some kind of survival mode. Mm. So trying to do things that your body really hasn't got the energy to do is, you that's know, it's really hard. Your body doesn't want you to be that lean. It will fight you. It will fight you in any way it can. So, yeah, having a coach, I suppose, is good. Did you have, were you happy with the coach that you had? Was there a good relationship there? How did you feel about that? So, my very first comp, I was with the guy who ran the little gym that I used to go to. Lovely. Um, And he was really good in terms of, like, um, the way that maybe he trained men, but he didn't really understand a lot about sort of the female side of it. Right. And yeah. after competing in my first comp, I sort of seen firsthand that how females then maybe sort of, you know, sort of address training and things are so slightly your different. Your menstrual cycle is a big part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. So I did then go to... So I didn't leave on bad terms. We were still good friends, but I then went to another coach mm-hmm. and I stayed with him um, for the next sort of four years. Wow, okay. Um, 
Um, so yeah, so my coach um, was Yannick, right. um, and we we worked really well together. I think up until the end of twenty nineteen, and then it was just a case of I. I think well, it was obviously binging. There was a lot of other stuff going on. You couldn't give that full dedication that he needed to get the results kind of thing. Yeah. He needed to just mentally take a break away. And Jan never did the reverse dieting style. So Jan's approach was to try and sort of get into a surplus to obviously feed your body. Right. Um, but obviously trying to eat that from a set plan. But that's really hard if you're really struggling to to stick to, you know. Right, yeah. So if you go off that at all, then it's... it's it's totally out of balance. You can't. There's no. There's no wiggle room. No. Right. No. Okay. Okay. And I think sometimes you do just need a break. Mental. You need a mental kind of relaxing, enjoying life, not thinking about. Right. I've got my food ready. I've had to hit yeah. my steps. Have I done this? I've got my cardio. Yeah. And there's that association with failure if you don't, because yeah. your whole prep, you've done a tick box exercise, and with each one of those has come this sort of success yeah. you know and then when you Positive come off the back end yeah. yeah and we both know that's how the brain works yeah. it's a reward system you know I've done this brilliant and then I'm going to move on to that next so when I was trying to stick to his set plan and I was failing mm. that's exactly how I felt that I was mm. failing um and then I was starting to feel not so much supported and yeah. I don't think that that was necessarily that he was being less supportive you just think it in your own brain yeah yeah, yeah. and it comes with that failure sort yeah. of thing and there's no that? way he's going to be as excited about this anymore because I'm not bringing to the table what he wants yeah yeah it's yeah. um, paranoia then, isn't it? Yeah. And then came the not wanting to look how we were trying to make me look. Yeah, yeah. So you're not, your heart isn't in it anymore. And I, I think it was the right yeah. thing to do sometimes. It's very difficult to pull away from a coach, especially when you've been with someone for four years. Yeah. Very, very difficult. If someone doesn't feel right with a coach for any reason, when, whether it's because maybe they've not had uh, as much experience training females and you kind of, or maybe you want to go in a different direction, it is quite, it's like breaking up with a boyfriend. Yeah, it is. It is really <laughs> strange because I went from, like, for four years sending a check in every Friday, talking to this, but making a relationship yeah, with this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To then sort of getting up on a Friday, not having to do that, or yeah. you know, so it is quite strange to sort of go go on your own. Yeah. But I think it's important too, like the any good coach, or if you're with a coach they should be trying to educate you. It shouldn't just be a tick box exercise. Preparing you, know? you to look after yourself in the future, yeah, yeah to give definitely. you those tools to, to move forward. I think so yeah. too. I agree with that. And I think that should be encouraged. You know, I think the more information that you attain, like the idea then maybe that you can manage your own off seasons mm-hmm. and then, you know, have a coach to sort of prep you. They are sort of small milestones that you should be achieving and it's great that he set you up for that well, well done Yannick we like we like that we, we do like that because it's, it's hard because I think a lot of people would assume that coaches wouldn't want you to do that because then you've got to stay with them you've got to rely on them but we are smart enough to take on board learn develop and then yeah like you say go through life with these new skills and feel confident that you're not going to just become morbidly obese and yeah that, that is always a concern isn't it it's always the worry yeah people that are constantly training i know it is for me which is mad because you know it's not gonna just happen overnight but you do worry that if i eat anything other than what i'm supposed to then it's gonna go completely off the rails but um how how was it when you first got with a male coach um i know i found it quite strange with the check-ins so having to send someone photos of you in shorts or in, in your underwear because they need to see exactly what's going on. How did that, how do you feel about that? How did you approach that? Did you just get used to it after a while? 
I think so. I think it's something that you do just get used to in, in a strange way. Um, it's probably like the, the first few that feel a little bit more awkward. Yeah. And yeah. obviously I'd gone from having a coach that was in my gym. Yeah. So he would just check me over when I was training. So I would just be in like my shorts and yeah, like yeah. my sports top to like you say, sending in. Online. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we both know that the world that we live in, we have to be careful with what we're kind of 100%. putting out there anyway. Um, so I think that there should be a massive <laughs> emphasis on being with a coach that you trust in that sense yeah. that is you know being nothing but professional in there do your research as well don't just go right oh your, your mate's gone go with this this guy he's great and then just send your pictures of it in your pants don't yeah. do that look into clients that they've had in the past and um yeah maybe even talk to some of the clients and be like you know you're comfortable with this person because it is such a very personal thing it's a very you're letting someone completely into your world you have to tell them look I wasn't feeling very good today. I've come on my period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why my, my lifts weren't that great. Yeah. yeah. And they are the, you know, the real things that you're discussing. You know, you're talking about like bowel movements. You're talking yeah. about, yeah. you know, like you say, periods and, and things that maybe you don't feel that comfortable talking to someone about, but yeah. you have to. Yeah, it's important. So it you is know, important. You're paying that person. You need to get the results you want at the end of the day. Yeah. If you don't tell them that you're constipated and have been for a week... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's giving a huge impact on yeah. the end result. This is the reason I'm up six pound this week because <laughs> like, it, just, it just won't come out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I do think there's a massive emphasis, like now, with people picking coaches because they've got six million wins or you know pro cards. Yeah. And and whilst I can see that that would attract you to that coach because you want to attain success, mm. but you have to remember that. It pretty much is a deficit. As long as you've got someone who is going to be making sure of that and mm-hmm. has those tools to be able to make that happen, you also need to be looking at the other factors. Like you said, are they approachable? Are they professional? Yeah. And sometimes these are coaches that maybe aren't the massive names. Yeah. You know, there are lots of other coaches out there who are doing good jobs. Yeah but they might have a smaller team yeah. which might be better for you depending on how much support you need 100% a lot of a lot of pro athletes come from and have a sort of hang up their bikinis or or the small pants and decide to take on being becoming a coach and a bit like very you know qualified and can do brilliant jobs but only have a few clients and yeah. if you can those are the good ones if you can get in then just as they sort of change over you know you're going to be looked after yeah yeah definitely and I mean with with Jan like when I joined him he was a you know very small coach at that point there yeah. wasn't many in our I think there was only sort of like 30 people in our little group chat right. and it was he's, a very small team whereas now obviously it's blown up isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's He's got lots, lots of those. And they are, he's churning them out. Conveyor belt of incredible looking women coming th- uh, through with Yannick. So. Yeah. But I think that's something that you do need to think about, how much support you'll, you'll need. Because mm. he won't mind me saying that that was one of the reasons that we kind of went our separate ways as well, is the support that I received at the end wasn't the same as at the beginning. And that's yeah. because it wasn't possible. You yeah. don't, you can't have that many athletes. Yeah. It's a different and give kind that of coach. Same, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. And, yeah. and you he's only human you can only adapt so much so you have to maybe even start taking on people to become part of a team but then again totally different coaching experience so yeah yeah um great for him though because he's probably making a lot of money now <laughs> yeah <laughs> how did so, so are you a vegetarian i am yeah. right so that what is how right how does it work <laughs> 
how? Because I, I am as well. But I say vegetarian. I was vegan. Then I was vegetarian. I could not just get enough protein in because lentil. There was a carb mix with lentils, and, and it was hard. So I started eating fish. I gave in to the fish. But I mean, you know. Fish, we can overlook fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you, yeah, how do you approach your vegetarian diet? So I've been veggie since I was 10. So wow. if you remember the rab- mad cow's disease situation. Yes. And picture a very young me in front of the telly, distraught at these poor cows being oh, killed. traumatised you. I really think it did. So I went out to the kitchen and said, I'm not eating meat anymore. Um, and refused. So I went through a period of not eating in complete sort of... <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You took a stand. I really did. Um, and I think they thought I'd get over it, but I never did. No. So it was never even a question for me. It was kind of like, this is, you know, who this I am. Style. I'm used to this, And I need yeah. to find a way around it. Um, so my diet, like protein-wise, is very much a lot of corn... Um, sort of yogurt, um, protein shakes, you right. know, things like that. Okay. But I don't think I find it as hard because it's just always been who I am. So it was something that we just incorporated. Yeah. But I do see how difficult it is. Like, I was quite poorly last week and I was struggling to get food in. Yeah. So the sheer quantity of what I was trying to have to then, yeah. you know, I was blending oats and whey and yeah. blending my corn chicken and drinking it. Um, that absolutely wrong. That's disgusting. I do think it's harder for us in that sense, you know, what I need to eat yeah. to get it in. Like you say, it is harder because obviously, you know, meat is higher in protein so it's, you can get it in yeah. quicker, can't yeah. you? Yeah. So... No, I, I agree. I did, yeah, I had to do the switch. I had to do the fish switch. Um, I say had. A lot of vegetarians and vegans are probably going to be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Listen to this, just swearing. But I feel, it is, it's just so much easier. Oh, that's so bad though, isn't it? That's but you've amazing. got to be comfortable with your choices, haven't you? I think that's important as well. It's not for anyone else to judge you. It's mm. what, what you're comfortable with and what you're happy with because that's going to produce the most successful prep. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. The comfort in it. If you're going, if you're getting up and you're doing something you don't want to be doing every day, same as a job, it's going to put you off. You're not going to get, you're not going to get the results you want. Yeah. One of my very first preps, um, that my first coach didn't really have the understanding so much. Whereas Jan really took the time to have a little look into it. And I was eating 18 eggs a day on that prep. Wow. I can't look at eggs anymore. I honestly, yeah, it, yeah, I haven't been imagine. able to eat an egg for the last like three years, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, that won't help your bowel movements either, will it? <laughs> it's a lot, and lots of those were egg whites, so it was like right. the separation the of separation. the separation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always think like when you get the boxes of the egg whites as well, I'm like, well, where have all the yolks gone? This, this it seems like a waste. It always seems like a waste. Yeah. Um. Right, so why did you get into bodybuilding in the first... Were you a sporty kid? No. So I was the kid that always had the letter with an excuse not to do sports. <laughs> I hated sports. My my gran was amazing and would write me those letters. Oh my gosh. Um, but yes, no, I, I really hated it. They always made me play like goalkeeper or wherever it was called in netball because I was so tall. Um, and I hated that. Um 
I did like swimming at some point when I was younger. I did well because I used to like swim for like the little squad. You're and tall you know. as well, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was okay. But it's coordination for me. I have no coordination. Right. So sports are really difficult, I think. How did that fare with posing? Because that's hard. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of felt, I, I was running before I got into bodybuilding right. and I broke, um, well, I damaged the Achilles in my foot. Um, ah. So that resulted in six months on the on the sofa trying to recover. Um, With it elevated. Yeah, which went from me being really active then to nothing. Mm. And a partner at the time said, let's go to the gym. Um, so I just kind of fell into it. Then I met uh, one of my, he's still a good friend now, Dale Brown, who competes. Yeah, yeah, um, Dale. He had a poster and was like, come and try this, Hale. And the rest is history. Yeah. Oh, so da- it's Dale. So Thank Dale's you, fault. Dale. And Dale's I do fault. tell him that frequently. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did really well, didn't he? I see all his pictures and stuff. Incredible yeah. shape. Incredible shape. So if you, so I'm going super active with your running to not doing anything how did that affect your mental health because i find lockdown especially when i could no longer go to the gym obsessively that i was a mess i was a complete mess i was really missing those um endorphins those that chemical rush after i've um, finished training yeah, it had a big impact on me. How did it make you feel? Yeah, same, I think. Because I'd, I'd gone from, like I say, not being very active and not really relying on sport to kind of, you know, like you say, give me those sort of happy hormones. Yeah. Um, to then really enjoying running. And I'd just done the Cardiff Half Marathon. Oh, nice. So I had gone from training for that as well. And this happened literally straight after that. So then it went to doing nothing. Um. So I think going into the back, you know, into the gym environment then, I hadn't been a part of that either, really, because obviously yeah. running's very much, you're on your, your own. Completely different world. Completely, yeah. yeah. And, like, I'd met, like, Dale and a few other friends in the gym um, who, like I say, I'm still really good friends with now, and they were the ones that encouraged me to, like, go yeah. for that first comp and, and sort nice. of build. And, yeah, so it's a real sense, like we said, the community thing yeah. that comes with it as well. Um I don't think I could ever not train again now no. because of that. Part of your life. Yeah. A lot of women, well, a lot of men and women, suffer or struggle with the gym anxiety when they first start. The idea of walking into a gym where quite a lot of people already know what they're doing, for example, or they're in really good shape, and they the reason they're starting is they don't feel very good about themselves. Walking into a gym is is hard. So mm-hmm. having that community there, or no, at least knowing a few people, must have yeah, I can see that that why that would have been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I went, I went in on my own, but made friends. I just went over to people and started asking them about things. But I guess that's, I'm quite lucky in the respect I'm quite a confident person. Not not everyone is like that. So, no. gym anxiety, it's a real thing. You see that a lot in Planet, don't you? So that lots of the girls still train in, in the female gym. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think, feel bad because yeah. I think, you know, we've got some really good equipment in the main gym. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll go to the ladies if, if, if the main sort of area is packed and my machines. And I, it's never the same. The machines just don't feel the same. They're yeah. not as... They're not as um, well, I don't want to say well-kept because I love Planet. Shout out Planet. But <laughs> we do seem to get the like second-hand stuff in the ladies' room. <laughs> 
But um, mm. yeah, I do feel because they pay the same. They're paying the same membership, but they stay in that that ladies' area. And again, I think it's because of the pressure of walking out into that room. You got all these guys lifting heavy weights, grunting, patting each other on the back and stuff. Like it's a bit scary. It is. Yeah, but there, there is that real sense of like spirit. Like you say, if if you do step out of that comfort zone and go into the bigger area, yeah, you meet other people. You know, like who might be competing or might be doing it because you know they they were really depressed and this is now yeah. you know making their life much better having you know being around the, those sort of stories and things i think that can help inspire you definitely so, and make you want to go again well, yeah so what's it like with the competitors so you've got the other bikini or the other trained fitness um trained bikini athletes are they supportive or can it get a bit cutthroat and bitchy are they sort of looking at your um your physique online and like you know <laughs> Is it like boxing? Is there a bit of like... Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I mean, Smack talk? <laughs> I think like there was a point where I was, or oh, I felt like I was the only competitor because there wasn't, well, especially when I first went to Planet, there wasn't ever anyone else about who was doing sort it. of doing competitions. Especially females. Yeah. yeah so it, I always felt like I was kind of doing it a bit on my own in that sense. Um, obviously there was many others but they're in other gyms and things yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. but um, you soon realise that when you turn up to the yeah to the shows to the show. and there's like 20, oh 30 gosh, girls yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah I've I've never had or never experienced much of the bitchiness in that kind of sense am I allowed to say that word? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah it's fine <laughs> but yeah I've never I, I think sort of experienced that firsthand. I've heard other girls talk about it um but I think it's a case of, you know, picking your circles. You yeah. you get a feel for who you're going to kind of bond with or want to speak to. Um, and I think that's probably the same in this sport. Just because you're doing the same thing as someone else, it doesn't mean they're going to be your best friend. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're either going to click or you're not, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that's so, true. We're all different people. Yeah. And I think I... I like to be around the ones who are supportive because I really thrive off, like, that vibe you yeah. get off someone anyway. And... um. I've met so many good friends through the sport. Like my, you know, my best friend is through, like through competing. Wow. We met backstage, um, and you know that's like an amazing relationship. Yeah, so, yeah. Again, because you can yeah. relate and talk and support each other in that sense. You're in, you're into the similar things. That's nice. That's so glad. That's so good. Um, what do you have to do backstage? There's the pump up thing, isn't there? I see lots of YouTube videos where they've got like their bands and they're doing like side lateral raises and things, getting ready. You got your tan as well. What's the process? Talk me through the process. I think the backstage part is by far the most stressful experience. Oh, no. <laughs> so I've never been good at it. So like my mother would tell you that I turn into this like crazy person oh, from God. the minute we step backstage. Oh god. Okay. So I usually come off and she's like throws me a Reese's bar, you know, like are you calm now? <laughs> <laughs> What's that advert? Have you watched the Mars bar? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's because it's all that sort of anxiety, isn't it? You know, you've built up to this day. Mm-hmm. And I really do envy the people who... Because you see some girls backstage and they're so chilled. Calm. And they're really enjoying it. And that's how you should be because yeah. you have worked for that day. They've just taken a bunch of Valium. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be because I've never mastered <laughs> that's that. That's the secret is. Drugs. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's like, you know, and you're still comparing even at that point, you know, you're backstage, you're tanned, you're ready, but you're still looking around thinking, oh, you know, she's yeah. got bigger laps than me. Or... Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. And I think if I could give anyone a piece of advice, it would be 
not to look at other people in that sense. You can't yeah. do anything once you get to that point, you know. You've brought your best. This is it. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. just got to enjoy that experience then. But... I guess that's also, it's important that you feel that you have done your best as well. So if you are prepping, you are training, then give it every single session 100% yeah. as best as you possibly can. Because when you get to that point, you don't want to feel like you didn't. No, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think, the really hard part about it, you know. Because even if you win do you still feel like you're good enough? And mm. I can probably tell you there's lots of people who still don't, you know, they're still chasing something. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't think they'll ever attain it because they're probably chasing something they don't, they can't yeah. really define. Yeah. Uh, and it gets to a point as well where you can't naturally do it anymore. There, Yeah, yeah. it shows. I, and the, your natural body isn't capable, unless you are a genetic freak, of yeah. getting what a lot of the, the, the top sort of athletes and pros are looking like amazing don't get me wrong bikinis big uh big subject to talk about because they're so expensive <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like remortgage my house just to get a bikini what color was did you have a specific color that you liked so red and green seem to be my go-tos um i did have a purple one but i never did i never won anything you know in the purple oh so it's a lucky purple so yeah i don't <laughs> think purple worked for me the very first competition i ever won was so before my grand passed away her favorite color was green so oh. we'd picked this green bikini together oh. um and i won that show so okay. they are one's got like a really special place in my heart yeah. regardless of whether i do step on in the future I don't think I would ever wear it again. I think it's just... That one was for that moment, that time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was obviously the pro card win as well. So it's, you that's know, it's a lovely. really special one. That's lovely. That's a really yeah. special one. Nice. Yeah. That's lovely. But that's, they are expensive. Yeah. They, and my advice would be try and find a sponsor if you can, you know. Right. Like keep a lookout for the sponsorship things because they do come up. Okay. And I think people feel like maybe they can't go for that because maybe they haven't won something yet. Or Again, imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm good enough to be sponsored by someone. Yeah, but I hadn't won anything when I went for a sponsorship and right. I still got the sponsorship. No way. So I think it is important to still, you know, go for, for things like that. And then obviously... Yeah. After I did win, that sponsorship went, like, sort of up another notch then. So instead of getting, like, sort of lower-tier bikinis, I had... Mm. Um, More crystals on them. Yeah, and I was... Yeah, yeah, Spokovsky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spokovsky, the the shiny ones. Yeah, and, like, my my sponsor in 2019 was Anne Bikinis. Right. um, And she was amazing, you know. I had all my bikinis through her, and I had a different one for each show. Nice. Okay, shout out anyone that's listening. <laughs> I I am I I'd be happy to be sponsored. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw it at me. Come on, let's let's discuss. Um, so you have to. I haven't I haven't given my measurements for mine yet though. Yeah, because you always I've still got like a stone in weight around to lose. So it is about six weeks out. You have to kind of is it? Am I right there saying that, or do they change again? Yeah, I think a lot of them do it different. Okay. Um, but I think obviously you they kind of um take some pre- preliminary measurements. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's kind of a case of keeping an eye on because obviously like the bottoms and things can be adapted quite quickly. Yeah. Um, it's the top half I think this quite a difficult part because obviously yeah. if you're not natural yeah they're not going to really change yeah but if you are natural they potentially could yeah. but stuffing is your best friend then I, so. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in a good place there just because I don't have any have never had any <laughs> I don't think they can get much smaller <laughs> I, 
be very surprised if they did. Be like inverted, I think. <laughs> but um, right, yeah. Because I, when I first started thinking, I thought, well, there's no point in me like getting a bikini now. I'm gonna have to wait. And then people said, no, don't wait. You need to like get as as best you can everything in place. Yeah. So that you're not stressing towards the end of it. Yeah. Stress of can affect stress can affect your body as well. Yeah. 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 You hold water and everything. And you have to remember, like they, I think it's it's really gone up now in terms of how many people are competing. Yeah. So they have waiting lists almost, or that you, you know you might get turned away from the person you pick because they can't uh, get it ready for that date. Too much so. workload. Yeah. 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 And I think it's important to remember that a lot of them rent bikinis as well. Um, yes. And I have done that in my first year of competing. Um, and I think that's a good option because yeah. if you don't really know if you are going to compete long term or what mm. suits you, it gives you an idea of that. Yeah, yeah. You can t- try it, get a taste of for competing and it's not going to break the bank. I think yeah. that's a really good tip. A really, really good tip, actually. Um, right. Warm up sets. Actual, the actual training, the type of training that you do. Now, it var- I've been with a few different um, PTs and it's varied like drastically almost to the point where I'm like I couldn't go on my own because I'd have no idea where to start why does it change so much I know that warm-up sets are very important but um people do sort of less reps heavier weights they cycle that how do you approach your training in general I think everyone has a different sort of feel for what works for them, don't they? I don't know if that's true or not, or whether we get fixed into a mindset of this is what I like. This is what I like, yeah. I'm definitely one of those people. Yeah. yeah. But I think because my first gym was a little gym in Bliner, it was very old school iron gym, you know, like clash bang, like it was. And everyone there seemed to train like that. It was very much like lower reps, but you know, the, the most you can get on the bar and lift it. It's heavy, so it can be, yeah. 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 You can and hurt yourself like that. Though. You really can, yeah. but that has become my favourite way of training. So even if I never compete again, that will always be the way I love training, is right. going in and just going to, to failure. Like, you feel like Superwoman, like strong. That's And that yeah. is one good thing to come out of training, is like feeling strong as a person. So I can, I can understand why you like, yeah. like lifting heavy. But warm-up sets is something that I should do but potentially don't do enough of (laughs) so I do understand where you're coming from mine tend to be I'll do two sort of sets of maybe eight to twelve um at maybe sort of 60 percent and then I'll go into like you know boring isn't it yeah really boring and the ego has a way of sort of sneaking in and I think especially when you're prepping and stuff um, like when I first come today, we talked about how the enjoyment can change a little bit because yeah. obviously if you're lifting to absolute failure, but you're eating like two and a half thousand calories a day, but then your failure needs to remain the same because what builds muscle keeps muscle. Right. But you're now eating. I mean, at the peaks of my preps, I was like 800 calories a day. Under a thousand. Oh my gosh. Like how oh do you then maintain gosh. your, per, you know, your previous PB that, that then becomes the hard yeah. part and doesn't you beat it beat yourself up that you could, if you can't or whatever yeah and you're writing the numbers down in your book and looking at these small measly numbers that were nowhere near yeah that's awful how was your sleep when you were on under that 
<laughs> what was sleep? What was sleep? We were out. Sleep. Didn't do any of that. Oh, it was hard. I think if I had like five hours, you know, I'd be I'd be grateful. Um, wow. And I try and nap then as well. Um, yeah. I've got a friend who like would be up at two, three o'clock in the morning because that was all his body could would, would manage. You know, you've got to sleep at nine, he'd then be up and he'd be in power gym doing do cardio. Laundry. Yeah. Take so. my mind off it with some cardio. Yeah. See. We're just a bunch of psychopaths, really, aren't we? And this, it is how to, to become mad. I really do think <laughs> yeah. it's just riddled with mental health problems, eating disorders, a lot of us. <laughs> there is a lot of unsaid things about yeah. competing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe, you know, if you can, try and take a nap. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the best of, if you can, nap for the love of God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think, but I think there are un, there are unsaid hidden things about any sport. Any that's why I kind of wanted to start this podcast in general because I wanted to find out like the darker sides and the real, the truth. Come on, like it looks so glamorous, and yes, like you know we're here for a good time, not a long time. You want it, to, you want as much fun as you possibly can have, but um, I do think that there there are those sides to every everything, not even small yeah. everything. Um, but they're especially bad with bodybuilding. <laughs> they really are. You know, like we say, it's those things of, of napping or, you know, the best thing you day being your, your bag of lettuce that you're eating yeah. in the car, pretending it's crisps. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know. yeah. But, smell a crisp and then eat the lettuce. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Just, just like tricking your brain. I um, I do have a list of questions. I normally have a list of questions and I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. I did have a question that I wanted to ask you. With different federations, you've been through quite a few of them. Um, the judges, now they are only human. Some of them are coaches as well and some train in specific gyms. Do you find that there was any favoritism or could that is that something that you saw or experienced or have you heard about? Yeah, I don't know. I think lots of... So I've, I've heard many competitors who were like in PCA have said, you know, people do better if they're with certain judges who are affiliated with PCA. Yeah. But then I've I've watched a lot of PCA shows as well as competed, you know, within them. Right, okay, yeah. Um, last year, I decided to just, you know, sort of go and watch. I didn't compete. So you're still um, involved in the industry, you're still with it, enjoying it. Yeah. Not, yeah. And, you know, so you can get a better idea then of, you know, who's winning and who they're with. And although yeah. there did seem to be some sort of... Um, continuity with winning with certain coaches. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that they were was biased because there right. were you know some winners that just seemed to appear from nowhere and they had a coach that you hadn't even heard of. Right, okay. which goes back to what we were talking about of maybe finding an off the sort of cuff coach. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, so so that could just be sort of people that are spreading those kind of rumours oh well it's because of that it's yeah. the only reason they won is because of that person yeah or exactly it's not entirely true and like I, I still maintain if you turn up on that stage and you are peeled and peeled means eating not very much inside out yeah not sleeping very much cardio and all of the you know things that are required if you look like you should win you are going win. to can't win. deny it, yeah. Because yeah. everyone in the audience is going to see that that, like that, yeah, it'll make yeah. The, the federation look corrupt. You know, as I was, haven't got a lot of insight into, but I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, you've cleared a few things up, so that's good. Um, we've, I, I know, I ask this question to everyone that comes to chat to me. Also, thank you for chatting to me. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? 
It's mm, a good question. I think it would be what we've kind of touched on of making sure that you know what your aim is. So if you go into it with the aim of just wanting to to win and look your best self, you know, kind of pushing yourself to something that it's never been pushed to have to achieve before, keep that as you focus, like keep reminding your reason for competing and your reason for wanting to win. Mm. Because if you let that slip away and there becomes other things, that then leaves you open to you know, sort of those expectations not being met. Yeah. You know, your whole sort of um, definition then of, of what you want to achieve in life being something that you don't even know anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that lost. then becomes, I think, a slippery slope. So, mm. yeah, get your why and always remember your reason why. What, what is your why? I love that. Mm. Brilliant advice. Okay, fab. Thank you very much again. No, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I, I, if you do ever get back on stage, I'd like to come and watch. Obviously, I know you're quote-unquote retired. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll see you in the gym, most likely. Thank you again.